0: Your timing was perfect. I just want to say that. I had totally forgotten that I was baking a pie. So, so well. I'm so sorry to take taking you away from the pie. So it's... the 10 minutes you gave me was just enough time for me to get the pie out of the oven. It was actually coming out of the oven at 9 o'clock. Well, there so we go. everything worked out perfectly. So
1: Well, I'm upset I don't have pie.
0: Well, it, you can't eat the pie right now because it's uh, German chocolate pie, and it's really, really hot right right now. And uh. you need to let it cool for four hours at least. It's honestly better if you leave it in the refrigerator for a day or two. Which See, this is why is, I'm making it tonight. This so, is the way
1: I like sweet potato pie. Whenever my grandmother's or my mom would make sweet potato pie. I would never have it at room temperature. To me it's it's better the day after, after if you're spending the
0: fridge overnight. Oh, no, I agree. German chocolate I, I make it intentionally, so German chocolate, but my German chocolate pie is cold. So I make it tonight. It'll be done you know, I pull it out at nine, it'll cool overnight. I'll put some foil on top of it before I go to bed. And then I'll put it in the fridge in the, mor- in the morning. And then I'll leave it there, you know, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday. And on Thursday, we'll bring it over to uh, grandma's. Nice. for See? And then it'll just be us. Just us, grandma and grandpa. Hey. Hey. Like I said, I was making a pie. worked out great. I totally forgot. I was just. What kind of pie? German chocolate. Oh, that it's sounds my, so good. It's my it's my one skill. I'm not a. I am basically a subsistence chef in the kitchen. I make sure the kids don't die, but I can bake because I follow directions,
2: and I don't yeah, get without following directions.
0: Yeah, so I'm a much better baker than I am a uh, cook because I have no instincts in in the kitchen. But I can follow a recipe.
1: (laughs) These off white uniforms that the Rams are wearing are just awful. I'm just going to say they're awful.
2: You know, I disagree, even though I agreed for like the first nine until now weeks of the season, I'm warming to them.
1: Maybe if they had a little bit more blue in them, like with with some striping or something, I might be a little more on board. But no, they're just. Because I contrast that especially with the the all black that the Buccaneers are wearing tonight, I think those look pretty good. I, Not good as the Saints I, all black, because the Saints all blacks were black. I mean, but I, as far as a one color, you know, from top to bottom kind of goes, I like that all black way better than this off white thing.
0: I get mad to them screwing with the Rams uniforms because the the Rams classically have some of the best uniforms. Right, in that's and they one have, of those that you shouldn't be have, screwing around with. And they have up. For like tw- 20 years, so much so, Max probably does not know that they have good uniforms.
2: This is going to be a terrible take that you guys are going to hate. Hate. But don't, their don't, uniforms don't, don't from a couple er, years ago with the white ram horns were my favorite.
0: Yeah, those are the cl- the white, the blue with the white. Holy God, with the blue. And then they, when they added yellow, it still works. The the yellow really okay, pops. Yeah, yeah. no. Jack navy, Lung, I mean, blue yellow is their best, but the blue white still works. But no, I, I love think, the navy blue jersey oh. like
2: ram horns from
0: a couple. Yeah, that's of years. that's 1950s. That's night oh, train great. lane. Yeah. was right. Awesome. Yeah. No. No. You're okay.
2: Yeah. No. I I I I think I'm I'm Stockholm syndrome at this point with these uniforms because <laughs> yeah. I I was legitimate mourning. Like,
0: I, th- I think it's possible that you have never seen the Rams wear, like, good uniforms for a season. Well, they wore them for a season. God, uh, no, it's still San around. Uh, no, still a couple years I
2: switched to them permanently when they first got there, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the new Rams. They're going to rule the NFL in these uniforms, and they changed them, and then Jared Goff started to suck again. Where did Jared
3: Goff
1: play ball college? Stanford? Uh, Cal. Cal. That was, no. I knew it was. I knew it was a Pac-12 school. He Let's played
2: see. in the Bear Raid played in Sonny Dyke's Bear Raid. I mean, these are not hard questions. The team is terrible, and they won. Let's they're going to get murdered by Texas A&M, and they won. And Texas a and M season, their one really great season where they're really good is going to get totally memory-holed.
1: I couldn't be happier about that, personally.
2: I love it. It's so funny.
1: Because, you know, they're going to dine on these two wins in three years against uh, LSU, and we're going to be like... Um, the refs handed you the first one. You, sh- you lost three different times during that game and COVID. Yeah. And, and hurt quarterback. Hold on.
0: By calling Zach. I disconnected yeah. on YouTube, you... but I got Zach. So we're all good.
2: All right. So you we're just get... talking about how fake Texas A&M is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah.
2: Accomplishments don't count.
0: Uh, well, actually we'll talk about it. I don't want to waste any, uh, A&M, you know, right. Hot takes. Uh, <laughs>
1: For now, okay. in our in our pre show recording,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, you, you want to see the good stuff for the you know for the fans. Give them what they want. Like when it's just <laughs> us, That's we can talk mean. about the, we can just talk about the Rams Unis. Uh, okay, so uh so instead of our normal code, we'll just yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just stitch this together like Frankenstein's monster, and then I can say. the miracle of technology i'm your host poser with me as always my producer chris how's it going chris
1: howdy howdy it's going well Thanks are you having me
0: was gonna say are you having an almost happy thanksgiving
1: um, i'm having a rather quiet thanksgiving so right. i mean yeah. you know, my parents decided not not to make the trip in there were i don't think they were, were planning to come this week anyway just because you know my parents are uh in, in the they're they're healthy for their age, but it's their age that puts them into the higher risk category, you know. And, I'm, uh, I'm
0: with you. I, I, I got the same thing. So and
1: so they decided they would rather not be on the road with lots of people on the road, and so they were thinking of coming for a different a different week. But ultimately, we decided. Look, our kids are, are in school. They have their activities. They're coming into contact with people, and we just didn't want to didn't want to risk got, it. And they were kind of feeling along the same way. Yeah, they're kind of yeah, feeling yeah, got the same
0: gotta. way. It's all about protecting grandma.
1: Yeah, so you know we, we probably won't have a whole lot of traditional Thanksgiving stuff because most of the family is not real big into most of the traditional Thanksgiving dishes, which we can talk about a
0: little bit later. But uh, yeah,
1: right. everything's good to go. So yeah,
0: and joining us from the land of terrible Thanksgiving foods, Max. <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> Well, uh, look, we've seen the map. Apparently, y'all eat, like, uh, like mac and cheese and dried-out potatoes and then complain that your food is terrible. Okay. okay. <laughs> One, kind of. But, <laughs>
2: you know, some of it is good.
0: Yeah, well, obviously. That was my case. It's like, look, if you can't find something on the Thanksgiving table that you like, I mean, come on. If nothing else, rolls. Rolls are great. Yeah. Oh my god! You,
2: if you mess up rolls, you got. I, you, I can't. I can't. Do yeah. It. That's impossible.
1: I mean, t- you Incredible. know, t- take a take a little roll, take a little turkey, and make yourself a turkey slider. I mean, if nothing else, there oh you go. Oh my
0: god! Yes. And Ooh, someone was, who would with a little gravy on it yeah. of, mess up any of the food. Our editor in chief, Zach. <laughs> check check check. My check
3: one tick. I got a mic, guys. I live in the 21st century. Look at that! It came in the mail that uh, sounds the same man thank you uh <laughs>
0: man max cares, is like man. such a meh well,
3: meh whatever <laughs> thank, thank you to our thank you to snowball ice sponsor us while you're at it uh i don't know how i actually sound maybe i don't even sound any better but this i, I feel really cool really professional speaking into this little snowball thing
0: okay yeah and do you get, have the uh uh what should we call it the, not the spit guard but the
3: no
1: absolutely pie. not
0: yeah you need a you need a thing the pop to, filter. Yeah the pop filter to keep your peas from popping. Nope.
1: <laughs> I have a pop filter.
0: Yeah same here it's awesome. Like yeah, that was <laughs> why I was over enunciating my peas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the thing that uh, Ron Burgundy always said was trying to say or was it him or was it uh Burgundy
3: would character. say Unique New York. That's right. That's <laughs> New York. Right. Right. New York. Unique. <laughs> Unique New York.
0: Oh man, I miss old time sports center when it was fun. Yeah, I remember <clears> Sports <throat> Center? Oh man, back in the day. This is a real back in the day one right there. Is it used to just be fun? Guys joking around. Now it's just all hype videos and PR. Yeah, it's just it's it it's yeah, it's it it what has become you last night. It has become the entertainment tonight of sports. Yeah. And you know, I don't care. I don't care about these guys as people. I want to see them throw down some fabulous dunks. I mean,
1: obviously, the only thing I, the only thing I really watch on ESPN anymore in terms of Sports Center is Scott Van Pelt's show.
0: Yeah, Scott and, Van and, Pelt. and that's what yeah. I think. That's what it's I remember
1: home. to go watch it. It's not like I watch it religiously, but most of the time, yeah. it's like any of the information that I need, I can get from an app, which all I have know. the highlight videos on there anyway. So I want to see highlight videos. There you go, too.
0: I know everyone says go to the app, but I don't want to want – I'd love having like a 30-minute show where I can just sit down and wind down at the end of the day. Be like, hey, see some highlights. Like I don't want to have to go seek everything out and check every game. (laughs) Tell me what was good. You know, do a little bit of curation, people. That's your job. I don't want to do your job for you. That's right. Right. Cranky old man. I I can't remember the last time I lost Sports Center
3: either and you know Max and I are the, the young the young pups of the of the site, but I think I think we've kind of moved past the, the highlights show. Like I think it's yeah. kind of a bygone era. Highlights are highlights are too accessible on Twitter
2: as they happen.
0: Yeah, see but I, I do miss like, being able to watch – I think they overestimate how many of us are on Twitter and how much of us go access every highlight. Like if you had, like, a 30-minute show, it would have to be a tight 30 minutes. It couldn't be, like, the hour big show that they used to have. If you just had, like, a little thing, here's some highlights, these are the big games, and, you know, had a low BS thing, It it'd be cheap. You know, remember cheap programming, ESPN? It's a good way to work in talent, get them to learn stuff, and just – uh, also, it's something most people watch ESPN in hotel bars. It's a good show to have. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch
2: Sports Center every single day before school. Every day, mm. I would get up at six, watch it for two hours, even though it repeated every day.
0: Wow, that's a that's some commitment right there. And that's super fan. Every
2: sports fan. Every sports fan, like in my age group, has the same memory. Watching Damn. Sports Center before school.
0: Yep. Wow. Every Not single a- day. I remember, the, you know, doing the big show, you know, back in, you know, late 80s, early 90s. But, uh, yeah, I'd watch the package, but I wouldn't watch the morning edition. I guess I would watch some of the morning edition before school. But back then they had, like, the workout shows in the morning and stuff like that. It was weird.
2: Oh, yes, the uh, those infomercials?
0: Yeah, but they were produced by ESPN. It was like,
2: uh, yeah, any- sometimes I'd get up uh, a little early and have to watch the
0: tail end of those. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was crazy talk. See, now we have really gone down memory lane because we're all in a good mood. LSU won a football game. How about that?
3: Yeah, it's been so
0: long. Yay. Yeah, well, they hadn't played in three weeks, so let's give them a little bit of a break.
2: They are undefeated in the last week.
0: Are they, are they undefeated in November?
2: <laughs> no, I don't think so. Wait, uh,
0: wait, I think, I think they, they are. are. Where yeah, they, they are. Are. I don't think they played in all
1: of November. Because usually yeah. the first weekend in November is the Bama game, and that got postponed. Right.
2: So... I like it's, just, to play it.
3: it's a shame that we'll never know how that Alabama game goes. I guess that means that whoever won last year just continues the winning streak. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Can, at
0: one, oh Wow, look at that. We won that game. Wow, look at that. Ed has said he wants to play that game, and you know Bama fan wants to play it, because they were out in force. Speaking of the Twitter isn't the world, but man bama fan was angry this weekend about lsu not playing lsu like they were still in a, they were had to balance their hatred of lsu and their hatred of dabo cuz when Debo canceled the florida state game they had to suddenly you yeah, know he, finesse, they had to finesse that in between being mad at clemson for not you know for wanting to play but still being mad at lsu for canceling a football game by for honoring covid protocols
2: Oh, no. We're taking the pandemic seriously. What a disaster.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tight needle, man. You know, not that seriously. The whole team's gotten it like twice. So. <laughs> yes, Alabama would beat us, but I kind of don't want to play the game just because I think it's funny at this point, just by how angry they are by it. Well, absolutely.
3: I made the mistake of going on to Roll Bama Roll, and not, not that going on their site is a bad idea. Roll Bama Roll is a good site. Shout out to my guys, Brent and all of them at RBR but i read the comments that was my mistake
0: yeah yeah never read the comments people. except at our site our site really always clean. read the comments always yeah. read the comments that's where all the good stuff happens we're the only site that has good comments <laughs> but yeah got to wake up early on saturday morning see us uh, beat arkansas in a pretty ugly game not yes, not one not not they're going to uh, put on the highlight reels speaking of a uh, sports center but, you know, I think this is the kind of season where a win's a win, right? Yes, very
3: much
2: so.
0: Hot take? I kind of liked playing that 11 a.m. Yeah, me too. I could get on the belt the rest of my day. Yeah, it was nice for a, a not a big game. And I have kids, so we were doing Christmas stuff. I put up my tree during the first half. Uh, during halftime, we went outside, we uh, blew up our inflatables. I am currently looking out my window and looking at a penguin who was giving a gift of fish to somebody. Yeah, came back in. We started to, we put on some Christmas music because the uh, announcers were terrible, started to hang some stockings and stuff. So, game ended, got a, had a little bit of food and, you know, went straight to decorating the tree. So, we we incorporated the LSU into the whole Christmas thing.
2: Yeah, see, I like, I like Early kicks. I don't know. I just do wake up, watch the game, you know, be free for the rest of them.
0: Yeah, it's good if the game is not a big game that you're really invested right. in. I mean, that's the thing. If you, you were really invested in this game, it would be terrible because, you you know, would have to wake up and, you know, there's no pre-gaming,
2: you know, and it's... Yeah, but no, there's this is not an invest. Yeah, in, no, no. In
0: yeah. For season. casual watching, this was, you know...
2: Very nice. I'd rather it I'd rather you know, like I wish a Texas A M and game were at noon. I wish it, you know what? I wish it were at ten a.m.
0: Yeah, what are we playing on Thanksgiving? Because we're no. playing a, no, okay. Because no. I know we're are we playing in A and M or at home? Yeah, yeah, playing at, like home. at A&M, on Saturday. Really? Okay. Look at that. Yeah, because they used to. um
3: they used to insist on A&M used to some on playing on the Friday of Thanksgiving because I remember having to travel when I was in Tiger band, I had to travel for one of the, the game where uh, Leonard Fournette ran over that, uh, ran over that kid. Yeah. Um,
0: just that, that poor, that poor guy.
3: Uh, Howard Matthews, I believe was his name. Shout out Howard Matthews. Um, <laughs> yeah. For, for whatever reason, they changed back to um, playing on weekends, at least. For the LSU yeah. side of things,
0: yeah, because I thought it was going to be they played A&M in A and M in in College Station on Fridays, and they would play LSU games in Baton Rouge on Saturdays. But uh, whatever, it's I'm not. Once again, I am so little invested in the A and M game that I didn't know which day we were going to play, and I don't know when we play in a regular season either. So I know people like to chant "Not your rival" in a way to like you know, They say it in a very angry way, really indifference is the way I show that you're not our rival. I, I, I just don't care that much about you, a and Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I certainly don't care about this game. It's, it's just they're going to get murdered. Are they? Yeah. Texas a is actually kind of good for the first time. And probably the only time.
0: They've been losing some guys. Like, a lot of their, you know, threats have been slowly falling down.
2: I know they I mean they had a couple guys opt out, but have they lost guys to,
0: to injury? I don't think so. I, I thought they had. I thought they had lost like their their top receiver. Well, I know Ryan. they lost
2: Jamon Osman in the offseason to And Yeah, offseason. I
0: knew they lost Osman in the offseason, but I thought they had lost um let's see.
3: Did you guys know that AM has only given up two sacks this year? Is that true? Yeah, Someone, off- yeah, they've got I, a really I good offensive line. History,
2: yeah. Their O line has gone a complete one eighty from last year when it was a disaster area.
3: Because I remember A um, and M had really good offensive lines in the early part of the decade, like the uh, what's his name, yeah. Luke Jokuls and the Jake Matthews. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize they got back to having a really great offensive line. I, uh, when I was listening to O's presser today, uh, someone asked him about it, and I kind of I had to do a double take because that didn't that didn't sound right. Two sacks and only, I, I know they had
0: a game rescheduled, but still two sacks through. Yeah, he was talking about five or six uh, games. Was yeah, that's impressive. Uh, two sacks through six games. So, he, he he was talking him up today. So, good on uh, good on Ed. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it was a
2: bottom five in the SEC unit last year. They were terrible. Uh, and it's really made all the difference for Kellen Mond, who I still don't think is independently all that good. But he's, you know, good enough to produce. Especially when you have a guy like Jalen Weidemeier, who's so good at tight end.
0: Yeah, so, see, this we- is what they're saying. They have Jalen Weidemeier, who's, you know, an elite tight end. Their number one receiver is Chase Lane, who has 23 catches for 311 yards, which exactly is— He's actually okay. He's not a yeah, terrible player. Yeah, that's okay. But that's their number one receiver. Their number two guys, Caleb Chapman, 14 catches for 197 yards. Their number three receiver is Jalen Preston, six catches, 66 yards. That is not an impressive receiving core. I, I know, mean,
2: but I think you got to shift those all back a number and include Jalen Weidemeyer, which
0: makes Yeah, it no, I agree. Weidemeyer is is the guy, and also Aenea Smith does a lot out of the backfield.
2: Yeah, and who's going to cover him? I mean, the ghost of 2020 Derek Stingley? Oh,
0: I, I right. think Jacoby Stephens is going to cover him. Joe, he finally gets to do what he can do well, cover a tight end. I mean, yeah, hopefully. He... Yeah, like this is the game we've been waiting for. This is actually his good matchup.
2: I know, but my fear is that considering how good their offensive line is, LSU's one real strength defensively is kind of neutralized. That's going to be a real problem. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're not going to be able to get to the quarterback.
2: Like, the LSU defense really does have nothing. They are not good.
0: No, no. They're, they are they were better against Arkansas. They at least showed some Certainly. signs of life. They were burnt by a couple of big plays. But, honestly, look, they, Arkansas, they held them 0 for 10 on third down conversions. Let's, that was awesome, yeah. Let's and give a little bit run- of shout-out. I, mean, I mean, I know Arkansas was incredibly short-handed, but that's a real defensive performance. Like, that yeah. is... That was a good game. I wouldn't call it a great game, but that was a good defensive performance on on Saturday. Yeah.
3: Andre Anthony was um, defensive lineman of the week for the conference. I think he had four tackles, two sacks. Probably quite easily the best game of his LSU career, yeah. considering how little he played uh, up until this season. And you know, I, I, I'm curious how much do you guys how much do y'all think the game is different if uh, Stingley and Ricks both stay in the game. A lot.
0: Uh, they so really, too. they were really picking on our corners. Um, yeah. They had a ton of big plays in the second half. Uh, that's how they made their comeback. And it, a lot of that comeback was not so much defensive breakdowns as on, as it was picking on corners who were actually playing okay, but okay sometimes in the SEC gets you burnt.
2: Yeah, I mean backup corners. Felipe Frank's connected on all, like, four of those deep attempts. I mean, that's—with with your starters in, and, you know, more often than not, he's not going to connect on all those, even with the separation. So, I don't know. I, I don't really—I'm not losing sleep over that. But having Stingley and Ricks back is going to be big. But I still don't know how they're going to be, really be able to stop anybody with a pulse.
0: And Texas a has a pulse. But I'm, I'm just going to put this in perspective— Texas A&M averages 8.2 yards per pass attempt. Okay? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Arkansas averages 8.7. A&M has a a team passer rating of 159.02. Arkansas, 159.57. From a a completion percentage, Arkansas, 67%. A&M, 63.6. i got to say, I don't really see a whole lot of difference between A&M's passing offense and Arkansas's passing offense. Uh, They're Right online in the same way. Now the difference is, a And M can run the ball a lot better. Right, uh, Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas is a terrible running team, and yeah, Spiller is is great. So I don't want to say that a And M's offense is Arkansas's offense, but from a passing standpoint, which has really been LSU's weakness, what they did against Arkansas is repeatable.
2: A little, I think so. Um, certainly not. Against Florida, they're going to give up a lot of points. to Florida, we're, we're but. just talking
0: about A and M game. Yeah, we're we're only you know playing the guys in front of us right now.
2: Yeah, I think they can hold A and M to like forty two, or like I'll take, I'll, I'll take the under
0: on that. I'll take the under on forty two points.
2: I I just I've seen this defense enough that I'm going to need to see it like twice before I before I start predicting anything but
0: disaster. I, I look under forty two is hardly a hosanna.
3: That right, still right, gives right. you
0: realms of, of letting up, you know, 40 points. But yeah, I'm just not, I don't know. A&M is not a team where I, I don't think A&M is a great team. They're, they're not bad. I mean, I don't want to damn with the total faint praise of they're not bad, but this is the kind of year where not bad gets you into the top 10.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah. I don't think they're a normal top 10 team. They don't scare me. Like, when we talk about even Florida, who has a much worse defense than A&M does. But Florida, you know, I, I can definitely see Florida taking us behind the woodshed. And look, so could A&M. Uh, and m could certainly take us behind the woodshed as well. Look at what Auburn did. But right. at the same Auburn. time, I'm just not – I'm not scared of A&M. How about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be scared of them normally, but LSU is – LSU is the team not to be afraid of anymore.
0: Oh, yeah, they're not afraid of us, and that's actually kind of to our advantage, isn't it?
2: Maybe the, you have to realize why they're not afraid, and the fact is they're just not good. They're—I
0: mean, is Texas A&M's defense any good? I haven't looked at the numbers yet. Let me—I was looking at one thing first. Yeah, because like A&M's offense, they're you know, scoring about forty points a game. They, they, you know, they scored forty-one on Florida. Forty-two on Arkansas, forty-eight on South Carolina, but they're averaging you know, about five point four yards per game. But they haven't had any like, other than Vandy, they haven't had a you know huge explosion in average. But like Vandy, they only beat seventeen to twelve, and I'm still trying that's to figure. A it problem. Out. I mean, that's a game that I've been. I, I that colors my perception of a lot. I, I know it's the first game of the season, but this is a team that struggled against Vanderbilt, and that's. But look, the Arkansas game, 42-31. That wasn't exactly like they blew Arkansas off the field. Hey,
2: look, if at you can get a top five win this year, that would be something. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be the biggest asterisk top five win
0: ever, but who cares? But, uh, you know, a lot of the season's being colored by the fact that they couldn't gain one yard on first and goal against Missouri. And we'd still be thinking that this is not a good team, but – Four and two LSU looks a lot different than three and three LSU. I know it sounds silly, but Yeah. But. Um and yeah, AM's defense is really good. Um looking at if they lead the SEC in yards per game, 338 uh, yards per play, which is a little bit more indicative, they're middle of the pack. So um,
2: See that's what that's what that's a problem because LSU is gonna need to score points to win any game. And yeah, I think that's a little bit of an issue, but I mean, whatever. Who cares? They don't have to win this game.
0: No, they don't. But yeah, once again, you look at every game of the season as just practice for next year. But this is definitely one of one of the more winnable games on the schedule that's left. Ole Miss is clearly the most winnable game on the schedule. If, we, if that gets I'm rescheduled, I think that's going to be a shootout. And it's going to be fun. Yes, Ole Miss is the game we're pointing to if if LSU is going to be 500 this year, they got to win this game. So there is something at stake at this one because yeah. you're assuming that Bam- Bama, there's just no chance. and Florida, there's very little chance. So this is, we go into this with the attitude of A&M. Like, let's hope a plucky underdog, you know, throws their best, uh, their best one at them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little afraid of, you know, I'll have to look at the tape and see what they do defensively because I haven't actually started that yet. But I'm a little afraid of of what – like if if Texas A&M is really able to man up on LSU's um, receivers and kind of force T.J. Finley through progressions, that's going to be a problem because I feel like if you're going to play tight man against this LSU team, you're going to have success Uh, because you can't really isolate a single key as easily and have your guy throw in rhythm. He's going to have to get through a progression, and when T.J. Finley can't throw off one hitch, it's an adventure. So that's that's my fear for the offense. I think it'll fall apart if that
0: happens. Teens have been able to throw on them. Pretty, uh, teens are averaging 7.7 7 yards per attempt against them, 68.1% uh, completion percentage. Really the only uh, passing offense they were really able to shut down was South Carolina.
3: Horrible, and, they're ter-
0: yeah. and they're terrible. Alabama, Florida, S- Mississippi State, and Arkansas all completed over 70% of their passes.
2: Well, Mississippi um, State. It throws, you know, their average depth of target's like three.
0: Yeah, but still, like all four, even Arkansas did as well. I mean, you have Alabama and Florida who are great offenses, but Mississippi State and Arkansas are both hitting that number. Now, Mississippi State's the one that didn't have a very good yards per attempt, but if you go through the yards attempt, uh, Alabama 16.1, Florida 9.8, Arkansas 7.5. Mississippi State 5.5. If you can be in the Arkansas level, I think LSU can be Arkansas.
2: Yeah, well, look, I'll have to see what they do defensively. That's kind of going to be the first game I'm going to look to because I think, you know, I agree with that assessment. But, I mean, look, what Steve Ensminger's managed to get out of TJ Finley has been impressive. So I'm willing to trust him a little bit. But, again, yeah. their defense is good.
0: Yeah, and need to find something out of the run game. I, I know uh, TDP had 100 yards rushing. So he had no, he probably the least impressive 100-yard game you, you'll see. But also the other two backs were just awful. Emery and Curry, and I, I don't think it's them. It's guys are getting hit just, almost as soon as they touch the football. Yeah, they they can't. Uh, they just can't block. That's. I remember, I remember Chris Curry had one run where it looked like he broke like seven tackles for a negative one yard game. Yeah,
3: and I, I want to find what LSU like their yards before contact is because I can't imagine it's very high this season.
2: No, it's going to, it's got to be bottom of the SEC.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I wish I had access to that number, but it's got to be bad. And yeah, if you can't block, you can't do anything. And that's really LSU's biggest problem on offense is the offensive line. It's just, it's not good.
2: Right. Correct.
0: And you're hoping it'll get better. Uh, part of the problem is, is just how few upperclassmen there are. I mean, forget upperclassmen starters. I just mean upperclassmen, period. Yeah. It's – they're throwing out just whoever they can find to block
2: Well, I think they need to go to the transfer market uh, and get somebody good that they can start. bring a Juco.
0: Bring a nice Juco. Come on.
2: And they need to get Tristan Lee. They have to get Tristan Lee. Like, they have underwhelmed recruiting
0: the offensive line, and they are now paying for it. It, It's been a problem for a long time, mainly because offensive line recruits don't move the needle a lot. You know, you look at highlight tapes, I mean, it's hard to get excited by an offensive lineman's tape because we don't know what we're looking at. Right. Uh, so I, LSU, I love tape. <laughs> LSU has tended to, you know, bring in athletes and, you know, you know ball handlers, guys who have some really explosive – and also those guys that they take chances on, the guys who aren't as highly rated, they still kind of have – this guy who just has, you know, credible athleticism kind of thing. They haven't taken a whole lot of just good, solid four star linemen. (laughs) Like, they're always either swinging for the five star linemen and then settling for, you know, a three star close to home. They're they're not getting a whole lot of just those guys who are just like, this guy has perfect technique and it's going to fill into his body and looks like, you know, a future late round draft pick. And we're just not getting those guys. And it's really showing up. Yeah, Um, not
3: since Lyell. I don't disagree on the Tristan Lee point being very critical to this class. I'm just curious, not curious might be the wrong word. It's it's really an an indictment on the unit as a whole that they're praying and hoping that this 18-year-old, soon-to-be 18-year-old true freshman um, comes in and starts because, I mean, we hear it all the time. There's a big difference going from high school ball to college ball. And to pin your hopes on it, 18 year old Tristan Lee to be the thing that secures everything and
0: gels the line. That's, that's yeah, you should, an indictment. Yeah, So you, you should never put all of your eggs on a recruit anyway. Uh, it, singular recruits, with a few exceptions, don't matter. You need, you have to look at the class as a whole kind of thing. It, if you get obsessed with one guy, you're inevitably going to be disappointed.
2: That's true. Uh, but at the same time, it's they they need to start getting linemen like that. They now, really-
0: the, now the problem is that they need to bring in linemen, and right now they only have one in the class.
2: Yes, yeah, that's crazy,
0: and that's for a team that's hurting on the offensive line. That is almost criminal mismanagement of your of your recruiting class when you're at twenty two recruits already. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing.
2: Yeah. No, me neither. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: And so I I think that's when you have to start looking. Yes, the transfer market could be helpful. Um, Maybe a Juco. I mean, Damian Lewis was such a find for LSU. Right, but you're not going to get a lot of Damian Lewis's. No, you're not. But you can get guys like that from Juco who are ready to play right away. Yeah, that's true. And that's harder to get out of a freshman no matter how highly touted he is.
3: Yeah, just going back to the class right quick. Like I just like like you said, poster. I don't understand. Like offensive line is a huge need. You've only got one, but you have like four wide receivers, and you're going after Brian Thomas Jr. Do you really need five wide receivers? Yeah, it's like
2: no, not not after the last couple of classes.
3: Yeah, it's like you're, you need a couple. You're
2: set.
0: Yeah, and also it's some of it. You're kind of like, what are you doing? Kind of on the bottom half of the class where you're looking at like the three stars, which are kind of like your reaches, you know, they're bringing in two safeties that are three stars when they have two of the top safeties in the country coming in. Right. Like, do you need four safeties in a class anyway? And if you are going to bring in, why do you need the, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about cargy and Matthew Langlois, but I think Langlois, can't, Langlois um, you know, I, Good obviously, I I mean, he's from point capi, so that's going to, you know, go a long way for LSU fans. But I mean, if you're when you're already bringing in Sage Ryan and Derek Davis, do you, what is the point? It, it seems like do. those are spots that should be getting used for offensive linemen.
2: You certainly don't need them more than um, than an offensive lineman. As looking at this team, it's 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 so limiting because they have to use so many heavy protections, especially with Finley, who's not a quick processor—at least not yet. Um, it's it's so limiting. It's. It's just tough. It's really tough to deal with.
0: And what was good about the offense this weekend, uh, they did keep the defense off the field. I know everyone makes fun of time of possession, but I did think it played 41 minutes of time of possession. When you have a bad defense, keep them off the field is a really good strategy.
2: Yeah, it keeps game close.
0: Um, It does. When you're not good, that's what you want to do. I mean, right. When you're the inferior team, you want to shorten the game because that increases the chance a random event wins it. So that's what what the service academies do. So extending the game with this team is a great strategy. So I'm not going to get mad at that, even though this team can't really run the ball because of the offensive line. But also, they did a really good job of moving the chains. I mean, just, I mean, you can give Finley is, oh my God, you know, he is a really good game manager already. And also, that final drive, that was a thing of beauty. He, he yeah, did. that was a great drive. And honestly, the, the drive at the end of the first half was really well managed. It fell apart yeah. right in the last minute and a half. I don't know what happened. They got to the 20-yard line, and then everybody lost their minds. But the getting to the 20 was a really good drive, and you needed that because you are about to go into the half. It was a three-point game. You needed to extend that lead. Once they got to the 20 and then only called like three plays in a minute, And a half when you had all three timeouts is just mind-bogglingly terrible. But up to that point, they did really well, and I think Finley gets a lot of credit for that. He's really good in those clutch situations.
2: Yeah, the the game plan
1: um, to not get into third and longs worked really well. Like they were always you know third and four, third and five, or lower, pretty much the whole game. There were some third and longs, but there were fewer and farther between.
0: Yeah, you're never going to eliminate third and long. But, yeah, I think they really kept him in – they kept him ahead of the chains. They had a lot of successful plays. You know, if you think of, like, first and ten, you want to gain five yards. You know, second down, mm-hmm. you want to get – like, this was a team that was incredibly efficient. And, you know, I wrote about it a lot in the game. It really felt like a less Miles game plan. But with this team, that's actually a really solid plan. The question is, is can they commit to doing that two straight weeks? Because the team's going to chafe under that for a lot longer because I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Ole Miss where they're really going to do, do a shootout. But I think you might see a repeat of that same game plan against A&M where LSU tries to grind out this game and frustrate A&M and turn it into an ugly football game.
2: Yeah, but I think if they, they need to be willing to give up on the run game quick, though, because if it doesn't work and you're in third and ten against a good defense, TJ Finley's really not getting you out of those situations. So – they need to be – I think they really need to be willing to throw the ball a lot on early downs in this one.
0: I think they were even against Arkansas. They're, it's just that they're willing to run shorter routes and things like that. They just Yeah,
2: well, I mean they throw they, – they make sure to keep TJ Finley in rhythm because he kind of has to be. But look, if Texas A&M is going to – if they're going to play zone like Arkansas did and allow that, I don't know if they do that. I haven't looked yet, but then, you know. You take those seven-yard first-down completions all day, and that's and that's that's really your ideal scenario for this offense.
3: Can I ask you, yeah. Finley, question? Yeah, Finley has now started as many games as Miles Brennan. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Is it three-three? What What are our thoughts on Finley versus Brennan and moving forward at the quarterback position?
2: Well, I did a little thread about this at like two a.m. First of all, I think the answer is clear, and I think the coaching staff is clear that Brennan is the guy. Uh, they they ask him to do a lot more. They trust him a lot more. His job is simply harder. Like, you'll see him getting through progressions a little bit better. He's a much better deep ball thrower, and that does make a huge difference. But with TJ Finley, it's really just, you know, read a single key, throw in rhythm. And if you can't do that, then eh, it's not going to work out. They've done a great job of making that work. But it, again, it is a little limiting. I got, kind of got into specifics a little bit with one concept, but go check that out on my Twitter. It's just... I'd and Brennan's clearly better, I think, even if the statistics are
0: close. It's, See, and my thing is this, is I think right now who's better? Brennan's better than Finley. But that's now. The question is who's going to be better going forward? And... Finley is a freshman, and he's already at this point. And I think Brennan's hit his ceiling. Uh, I don't think Brennan gets any better than this. Um, that's still no, good enough to win. I, I, that's, uh, this is not really a knock on Brennan. Uh, but I do think there's potential for Finley, who wasn't expecting to start this year and probably didn't really prepare to be the starter. They weren't investing everything into him to go through reads, reads and stuff. I think Finley has more potential going forward than Brennan does at this point. And also this is just from a management of the roster standpoint. If you start Brennan next year, which I do think they're going to do, Finley goes back to the bench, which he'll chafe, but he'll, you know, he'll deal. The thing is you probably lose Max Johnson. Yeah, that's and, funny. and I'm not sure. I don't like when in doubt, I choose the younger player. Well, I, I think when you're looking from a, a management standpoint, once you find a quarterback that can do the job and he's a freshman, I, I think you just go with it. And yeah, but I, I, we this haven't... is because the thing is, Brennan is not so good that you're just like, oh, you got to play him. It's not like we're benching Johnny Unitas.
2: No, it's not. But at the same time, I mean, if TJ Finley really is as limiting to the system as he has been, schemat- just schematically, you, you play the guy, I think you play the guy that isn't, especially when you have, you know, I, I know you can't count your eggs before they hatch, but it's not like you're, you're lost at quarterback going forward. You, they've recruited the position well, and they have a couple guys coming in that are really good. So I'm not really going to, you know, lose any sleep about the possibility of losing Finley or Johnson or both. Because, you know, it's not like it's not like you're running Justin Fields out of town here.
0: No, I agree with that. The, no one—he—that's the thing that makes it an interesting argument. I don't think anybody thinks any of these guys are like you know future pro bowlers kind of stuff. You are talking about, you know, kind of middle of the road SEC quarterbacks.
2: Maybe I, I think the system and surrounding talent can bump them above that.
0: No, of course, I agree with that. I, and but I think also at the end of the day, you are what your numbers are. And Finley's numbers are just as good as Brennan. So if he can do that while limited playing as a freshman, once he learns, it's not like going through progressions is something you can't learn. It kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of is. And it, it's
2: raw processing ability. That's it's, it's the thing is it's not. It's very infrequently something you can just turn on in a quarterback. You saw kind of saw it happen with Josh Allen, but that's kind of
0: the only time you really see
2: it. It's.
0: But I also think it's like as much as you knock his processing time. I think Finley. First off is that he has he's behind a terrible offensive line that's forcing him to speed up his process. But secondly, he is really good at managing the game. So for a guy who apparently has problems making reads, he makes a ton of good reads. And yes, yeah, I know you've by the, the reads system. To, so totally. there comes a point, so what? He's still doing better than Brennan. So right. if Brennan is doing worse with more complex reads, why well, don't I go with a guy who's doing better with simpler reads? who could one day learn to do more complex reads because he has shown signs of quarterback intelligence by the way he manages the huddle and manages the game.
2: I will say if he, if he adapts and improves and we, I think we will, if, if I see that kind of at the end of the year, like you'll, you kind of know when a, a guy is going to make a big leap in the next year at the end of his first year. So I think we will find that out potentially, uh, but look, if he does that in practice, then yeah, you start him. But I don't think he has been better than Brennan. I think see, and
0: I, I think Finley has more of it, which is a really undefinable thing for a quarterback than Brennan does.
2: Yeah, see, I don't I don't really yeah, I can't I can't really know what that means.
0: Yeah, no, no one does because quarterback's are the hardest position to evaluate. That's what's been the problem with both NFL and college forever. And every, you know, person comes along and thinks, oh, I've suddenly figured out how to evaluate quarterbacks and they always turn out to be wrong. So a lot of it is an undefinable talent. That's why, because like with running backs, wide receivers, offensive linemen, everything, you can look at measurables and say, this guy's going to be better. And, you know, you look at these numbers, you know, these are his raw tools. These are his raw stats. This guy's going to perform and this guy isn't. And you're going to be right. 90% of the time quarterbacks. You're not, there's just guys who look like golden gods, in practice, never become you know great in the game, and some guys just have this magical it, and it is truly indefinable, and it drives analytics people crazy because they want to be able to define it. And some there are just some things in the game that you can't define, and that's what's cool about it.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, I think that that some of the it you're talking about, not all of it, is you know the in when. You see, guys, not translate from practice. You guys see guys making a bunch of throws in practice with that no contact jersey on, or you know, in college and it doesn't translate to the NFL. A lot of that is just raw processing. And it look, Finley may be there's a very real chance that he's just a true freshman who's being asked to process at a level he's not really capable of yet because of you know the circumstance.
0: Not many true Same freshmen time. are,
2: I mean. Some of them are, but really only the top ones.
0: Yeah, like, you're truly, truly elite if you're great as a freshman.
2: You see that more and more with the simplification of offenses, but yes, I agree. But at the same time, this is not a guy who ever produced at a high level in high school. Like, he never— High school, you know, a lot of recruiting guys rank quarterbacks based mostly on physical tools— and he was still a low three star, despite being six six with a rocket.
0: See, yeah. and I think that's what it comes down to. I think people are still judging TJ Finley on his recruiting stuff, on his recruiting rank, and it doesn't matter anymore. It is totally irrelevant at this point. Right, but I wonder why. I don't care. I think just people don't know how to evaluate talent because their high school is really hard to evaluate. It's the hardest position, and there's a lot of people out there, and. It's not like a if you rate a guy a three star you think he sucks. It's not like a total misevaluation because we, no, we're not arguing that he's like a five star, you know, sudden great. So maybe he's a low four star. Maybe he is a three star talent. It's not like they've really misevaluated him. So I've moved when, on from his recruiting say, ranks. I, I don't think it matters at all.
2: When you say you are what your numbers are, this is kind of the best football right now he's played in his entire life. So I wonder if this is his ceiling.
0: I'd be very surprised if a guy's hitting his. I mean, it could happen. Guys hit their ceiling in their freshman year all the time. Justin Vincent, you know, he was a running back, but he never attained those freshman levels.
2: But, like, I mean, he, he was just never really that great in high school either. So, you know, when? Now. They, I mean, like. <laughs> but you look at what they're asking of him. It's complete. They They asked a lot more of, a lot more of Miles Brennan. A ton more. It's it's very clear which one and look, in the offseason, if if Finley gets to that level, then yeah, you know, totally go for it. But I don't necessarily see any reason to inherently believe that he will make the leap other than the assertion that he may.
0: Other than the fact that he's been better. Well, he hasn't. <laughs> that, that's kind yeah. of my point.
2: <laughs> I don't think he's been better.
0: I think Finley I've already made my point. Is that
2: yeah? No, I've made. My, I, I got nothing else. I got no. Other I think else.
0: you're. I think you're getting. A, I think you have. You pigeonholed this guy based on his high school and high school recruiting, and I think that is completely irrelevant. And I think it's just. I, I think you're just trapped in, in what his numbers used to be and what is what he was supposed to be. And honestly, it's not like a huge misevaluation. No one's accusing anyone of you know, thinking that they missed out on John Elway. Yeah, no,
2: I, I look either way. It's this is a great problem to have. LSU's got options at quarterback. Yes, and they've got more beyond Finley and Brennan coming. Nussmeyer is extremely talented. And Walker Howard is probably going to end up really close to a five star. So, you know, that's that's not a position of concern anymore. And just wait till they get Arch Manning. That's right. Oh, please. I want him so bad.
0: God, no. I don't I don't want a Manning. I want a Manning. No, that's a I want that one. I want him to go to Ole Miss and lose. No, he won't. He'll be so good. No, that's the family. Oh yeah, they're all good. Mannings are great. I don't want that. I want him to be mm. good here, not good somewhere else. Be good at Ole Miss and lose. That is the family legacy. Except for Peyton, who went to Tennessee and lost. <laughs> he won, but not oh, not the whole thing. He won some games. Oh, yeah, he won some games, but not any SEC titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the old, you know, I mean, that is the you can't spell citrus without UT. To
3: the Tennessee fans listening, send all your hate
0: mail to a poster. And that's that right. Place. Hey, look, I'm a big fan of the uh, <laughs> old ball coach. I mean, he rubbed our faces in it. I mean, he destroyed LSU teams, and he was merciless about it. And I respected the guy. He was just like, hey. When, and then when we, we beat him in, you know, 97, he was just like, hey, I, I talk a lot of smack, and you beat us, so bring it on. And that kind of changed my, my opinion of him forever. This, that's a guy who, when he, when he lost, he, he would take it. And then we forced him into retirement, and that was yeah. awesome.
3: <laughs> he couldn't take it anymore though.
0: Yeah, when he was done, he was done. And remember who did it to him. It was LSU. You're welcome, Tennessee. We did what you couldn't. Got rid of the old ball coach.
2: You gotta respect hey, I mean but I come on. I mean he Arch Manning's gonna come and uh he I mean I don't know if he's gonna come to LSU, but like He's not you, I doubt it.
0: He's not yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, LSU fans, I remember back in the day where they were obsessed that they thought Peyton was going to come. And that was never going to happen because LSU was terrible back then. There's at least a chance Arch comes because LSU's a lot better of a program and now is actually getting good quarterback play. But I don't know. I feel like a Manning should go to Ole Miss. It's like a requirement, right? It's your birthright to go to Ole Miss and then lose. Yeah, but I don't
2: – I'd rather he
0: didn't. I don't care about that.
2: I don't think LSU needs him, but... You think Cooper would have
1: gone to Ole Miss if he hadn't, you know, had to him, whatever happened to him that ended his football career?
0: Yeah, he was the best one. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he would have gone to Ole Miss. Uh, I think the only reason Peyton went to Tennessee is because Ole Miss was also very bad at the time. But I think there was an element of if he went off and won a Heisman Trophy he would have just done what his dad did. So you were mm. never going to – like he was never going to be Elf as of the himself. shadow. Yeah, he would never get outside the okay. shadow. And so I think that's why he went to Tennessee. Eli, on the other hand, he wasn't qu- – I mean he was still a very heralded recruit, but he wasn't quite that level of recruit. I mean he, there was at least some questions about him. But also – he lived not only in his dad's shadow but his brother's shadow. He was used to it. Like I don't think it was yeah. as big of a for a younger brother. It was kind of like, ah, eh, I've lived with the Manning stuff my entire life. I'm okay with it. Arch now, of course, has to live with the name.
3: Speaking of Archie Manning, fellas, let's pour one out for the arching Manny of the uh, 2020s, Joe Burrow. All oh my
0: God, God. I,
3: oh. Max, oh. go ahead, Max. I am.
2: Look, I said on Twitter, I'm not one for revolutionary politics. Oh, wait, wait, but... hold on,
1: hold on. Before we before we dive into this, we did have a listener question in this regard. So let me just read that, and then Max, we can turn Max loose. Yes. The, the question okay. came in. It was, "How does a franchise get so pathetically managed as to allow its first <laughs> overall draft pick quarterback to be protected by an FCS
2: offensive line?" So I was thinking about I was thinking about all this for the last. You know, 24 hours or whatever. more A little more than that. I think there needs to be a complete and total reform in how young quarterbacks look at their careers. Complete. I think you got to learn from Andrew Luck. Got to learn from Joe Burrow, who, look, he will be back. Alex Smith is playing again, and he basically got, you know, he fell into a wood chipper. So he will play again, and he'll probably be fine. But, like, I think... They have to understand how much – one, how much leverage they have, and two, the fact that they are not invincible. I know they kind of think they are because they're young kids, but I really think, like, Joe Burrow, right now, what he should do is he should demand of his front office that they draft Panay Sewell from Oregon and sign a guard or he's demanding a trade. Like, they need – these kids need to look out for themselves. And Trevor Lawrence, by the way, should demand that they sign – a major offensive lineman or he's just going to pull an Eli, which I think quarterbacks should do all the time. I think they should do that all the time. Like there's no reason for you to walk into a game of saw like Joe Burrow. Did. <laughs> I mean, it's totally like, it's totally negligent. They made no real effort to improve their offensive line this off season. They should have signed a major offensive lineman along with Joe Bur along with drafting Joe Burrow, or Joe Burrow should have said, "You know what? No, I'm I'm pulling an Eli, and going to a team that's going to protect me." And the Bengals have to real you have to protect your asset. Like you can't just say, "Oh man, that's football." What? I- like yes, it's you know when you get into a car accident, it's technically oh that's driving, but you don't. I mean, you want to buckle your seatbelt. Like hey. what are you doing?
0: They did draft Jonah
2: Williams. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> great. That, that that fixed it. Oh, man. You're, I'm, I'm, you're a rookie who hasn't played – not rookie. Well, yes, rookie.
0: Yeah, he's a rookie. You're,
2: you're a rookie who missed all of last season and hasn't played an NFL snap. You know, that's that's your reliable quarterback protector right there. That He'll definitely, definitely keep Joe Burrow safe.
0: God, I'm looking at their starting – it looks like they have two undrafted – Um starters in their offensive line
2: that's remarkable
0: um alex redman has six starts and he was undrafted out of ucla he's a three-year vet and trey hopkins has started all nine games and he is a six-year vet out of texas when undrafted
2: and trey hopkins is horrendous at football he's horrible horrible
0: and that's your two guards yeah so both guards it appears both of their guards went undrafted
2: right so joe burrow should have said look you guys are signing a guard or I'm going to somewhere else. It's. Oh and I'm God.
0: Gonna, you got to pull a Manning. Also, what is it? The ACL and the MCL came out. There? Yeah, it
2: was, it was, yep. it was the Carson Palmer injury.
0: But, that's yeah, that, that's bad. Uh, that's it. That is it. the only good part about that is that Joe Burrow was never much of a runner. Well, I and mean, he was a scrambler. It's yeah. A he could scramble game, but I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he's not Cam Newton. Right. You that's know, it's not our yeah, yeah, it wasn't RG three when RG three went down with that knee injury. Speaking of uh, incompetent franchises, um, yeah, that was uh, th- that was criminal what the Redskins yes, did to RG three yes, because he had definitely. already hurt his knee in that game, and they sent him back out on a chewed up field and to blow out his knee for good, right? It, it, and now it's become like. I don't know, we've like gotten amnesia over the RG3 injury, and it's kind of turning this thing where RG3 never turned out to be a good pro because he blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, he blew on his knee. And that was like a huge part of his game was because the Redskins mismanaged it. And I'm hoping Burrow, his biggest worry is that he's 24. Yeah. It's harder to bounce back from an injury like that when you're a little bit older, but also he's a little bit older. He doesn't have a whole as much career ahead of him. He had already lost two or three years of his NFL career to bounce around in college. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, we're, they're hoping for a decade at this point, maybe. Um, and look, he's, he's obviously very good. Like he's shown already that he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he has speaking of it. Yeah. Like Joe Burrow has has it in spades. Yeah. But even in the NFL, he was showing that he had it. He could play at this level.
2: Right. Yeah, It was very clear. I mean, he was, on, he was a legitimate Rookie of the Year contender. I don't think he was as good as Herbert, but whatever. Herbert's been terrific. It's, you, you cannot allow this to happen if you are a franchise and you draft a player like that. I mean, look, I'm not saying you can totally prevent it, but the, but the fact of the matter is they made no effort to, to beef up their offensive line. They really didn't. You cannot ride into a season with undrafted guards protecting your rookie quarterback. That's ridiculous, and I mean Bobby Hart is one of your tackles. He's one of the worst players in the entire NFL.
0: Yeah, and also you know running backs just have given him nothing. I mean Joe Mixon's been, you know, hurt. Yeah, yeah hurt. Hurt to Joe Mixon too. I mean but Giovanni I Bernard, who's a good, he's a good solid veteran. He's there, but also like a guy who I kind of thought was, he was on the team who I kind of thought would be perfect for Burrow was Travion Williams from A and M. And he's, yeah, never really, he's never really turned into an NFL player, but I thought he'd be his uh, edwards e Lair out there, where a guy who had kind of hadn't found his role yet would really blossom, you know, getting balls out of the backfield, but that hasn't happened. They, no, more, he's not that good, Trivially, I'm, honestly. Not I in mean, the NFL. I mean, the part of it is, just, yeah, they can't run the ball either. I mean, just just a dismal... Another they, dismal season for the Bengals. It's the Bengals.
2: Effort. They didn't sign any. Like, you know, you can pay. play. You know, you can sign people. Like, there's, Mike it's not just the draft. Mike Brown doesn't know that. Right. Well, and that's the thing. That's the problem. They are notorious for not spending any money. Well, it's also like who wants to go to Cincinnati?
0: I mean, part of it's uh, self-perpetuating. You've got to convince someone to come as a free agent. Like, money if you, helps. Yeah, money helps. But if you're a free agent, are you going to sign with Cincinnati if you can help it? Well, I mean, after they had drafted Burrow, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But you know, the they're not going to bag. You know, you know they're not going to be good for the first two or three years. But they could have been better. Yeah, that, that was just they, they, they could have made
2: an effort. They really could have, and they didn't. And they didn't again, like they did to Carson Palmer.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's, hey, it's amazing. They, Carson Palmer is the magic word. I mean, literally the same circumstances. Number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, wore the same jersey number. Oh 15 my God. years
0: later or whatever it is it's happened mm-hmm. to him again. The good news for the Bengals on that one is they they kind of turned into a decent team after that. They yeah. had a really, they had a really good defense. Carson Palmer did come back from injury. They you know found some players. Yeah, the Bengals had some bad, bad. Yeah. they had some bad luck. I mean because of the Bengals and you know luck is the residue of design and their design is terrible. But the Bengals were a good team for like you know Almost 10 years, they're just never a great team because they never could figure out how to get over the hump.
2: Carson Palmer's issue was not this. He came back from this and made the Pro Bowl the very next year. So, look, yeah. I, you know, I think Joe Burrow is going to come back and be fine. The problem is he had shoulder issues, and that ruined him.
0: God, he man. lost his arm. His arm fell off, basically. Man, you just... Burrow is so exciting, and you just want him to have a great career. And honestly, I mean, like... The the last great LSU quarterback to go to the NFL also had his career derailed by injuries. Burt Jones was a two-time MVP and then just got destroyed behind a terrible offensive line and was never the same player.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it's—with Burrow, you know, I kind of compared Burrow a lot to Andrew Luck in terms of being polished and great at the position coming out of college, and— Look, Andrew. First of all, imagine Andrew Luck on the seven and three Colts right now; they'd be ten
0: and zero. But Man. yeah, and the, the I don't feel that luck got hurt because of negligence of the Colts. The Colts their put a line was horrific. That's true, but they did put a good team around him. They they spent their money elsewhere. No <laughs> yeah, well, you got to protect. You got to keep that. Asset. Yeah, the franchise. Yeah, you got to protect the franchise.
2: Look, I'm glad you're spending on like receivers or whatever, but you know it's. At a base level, you got to do whatever you can to keep this guy healthy, and Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck were taking more hits, historic levels of hits, and it wasn't all their fault. It's a little bit – Burrow – I mean, Burrow is that kind of player, but still, it wasn't all his fault. Like,
0: Yeah, he took a ton of sacks, like just a uh... – He
2: had 72 hits up to this point, the most – well, since Daniel Jones last year, but – that's not another. You know, the Giants aren't a model you want to follow in terms of protecting your quarterback. But like, this you cannot allow this. Like, this is why I think we need complete reform in how quarterbacks go about their draft process. I think I really do think people should be pulling Eli's all the time and make and at least making demands of the teams that are about to draft them. And yeah. just like that, I've turned into a total total workers' revolution.
0: It is, I, I will say that as a general rule though uh, players tend to make terrible front office guys. No,
3: what, they, like, what they
0: think wins actually doesn't win but it's yeah about, you're right it's about the offensive protected the, the quarterback should have uh, he is your franchise a uh, quarterbacks the way they get paid in the NFL. I mean the very top quarterbacks are getting just an absurd amount of a the cap they, they should get some say in how the team's being run for the obvious reason that you know you're paying them. $20, $30 million. Now, Burrow's not getting paid that yet, but I still think he's on pace to do that. Like, Look, Dak Especially, Prescott yeah. just got you know destroyed this year, um, and that's a team that did invest in their o- offensive line, even though it fell apart. Uh, the Cowboys put a lot of money in, into their offensive line, but Dak Prescott, even with his injury, which looked Perfect. awful, he, he's going to get paid. Yeah, and you know what? He
2: should, because he's a top-ten quarterback. He's great. The thing about the Cowboys is Look, they made that effort. Their offensive line kind of fell apart with injuries. What that, whatever that that does happen. But when you make no effort to protect Joe Burrow going into the season, knowing you have the worst offensive line in the NFL, and really not doing a thing about it, that's negligence.
0: Yeah, I do think the difference is is between what did you do to prevent this?
2: Yes, if but, they had done something to prevent it and it happened, it happened. Whatever.
0: But yeah, I I think that is the the best way to say it is like, what have you done? It's sort of like uh the classic example is David Carr who got sacks uh, 76 times in a season. And yeah. then uh, came back two years later and got sacked 68 times. David Carr did not develop the way he was supposed to, but part of it is that Houston just threw him to the lions.
2: It's the biggest commonality we're seeing among Young quarterbacks that pan out is your surrounding circumstance. It matters a ton, and what Joe Burrow was doing anyway, despite it, was impressive. But it it matters. It it even mattered for Andrew Luck. It it ended Andrew Luck's career, and Andrew Luck was doing everything in spite of having nothing.
0: So yeah, bad teams are going to bad teams, and yeah, that's part of the. I mean, because people say, "Hey, well," because I was t- talking about Trevor Lawrence. Hey, avoid the Jets. Maybe don't go to the. Uh, draft this year you know what no matter who has the first pick they're going to be terrible and they're probably going to be a bad, bad organization because right. that's why like they, have they have the first you don't have to sign nah i mean that first you kind of do uh, that's the rig of you have to survive your first couple of years if you are a truly elite quarterback that gets taken in the top five picks what you want to have happen is you want to get taken like Nine to sixteen. Yeah, you really
2: do. You really you want do. to go to a,
0: a nice, solid team? It's not great, not terrible, but is willing to play you right away. So you don't have to sit on the bench for years because you get drafted by you know the Chiefs. You're never going to play.
2: Well, right, but they're not going to draft. No, not, I, gonna, yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. For Mahomes going to Andy Reid, I mean that made all the difference in the world. It's the biggest common denominator between who pans out and who doesn't. It really is. It's. It's crazy. And the so, fact that I've seen a couple abolish the draft takes.
0: Man, I'm it, gonna, yes.
2: I'm not, I'm again, I, I guess I'm against it, but you know, I kind of get it. I really do. It, it, like, maybe I'm just emotional about this.
0: Well, Cause look, I'm going to say this as a, you know, a little kid. who was a Colts fan before they moved. Yeah. Uh, John Elway refused to play for the Baltimore Colts. Like, 83. And, uh, Bob Ursay responded by moving the team, so I'm a little I'm a little bit sensitive to saying quarterbacks should have more power because I hope John Elway gets hit by a bus. Because <laughs> even though I know logically he was not responsible for my team moving in the middle of the night because Bob Ursay truly was evil incarnate. Elway didn't help, and the fact that he he did defend his rights and say, "Hey, I'm not going to p- play for that team." And it, it destroyed the Colts. I mean, he the Colts were a bad franchise at that point anyway, but he kept them bad for a very, very long time by his decision. So I'm not entirely on board with a Boston draft take because what's going to happen is the only good teams eventually will be those in New York and L.A.
2: Yeah, I mean, as a New York fan. Uh, well, no, not necessarily. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, the Jets are stupid,
2: but. The Jets Jets and the Giants are stupid.
0: But, I mean, look, the last quarterback to pull the I'm not going to play for you take was, you know, Eli.
2: Yeah, and Eli's kind of my hero now for that. Like, besides winning me as a fan two Super Bowls, he was – I already – you know, I had a fat head of him on my wall until, like – three months ago when I redecorated.
0: And it's not like the Chargers were a terrible organization. Philip Rivers did okay.
2: No, he did great.
3: He was I mean, up.
0: so, yeah, like, that's what I don't get. Like, it wasn't like he was trying to avoid getting drafted by the Cardinals. Um, so I am a little bit reluctant to say, hey, quarterback should have more power. And also, I'm okay when a quarterback like Drew Brees has a ton of power over the Saints. Because he's earned it. He's awesome. Or even... A fairly young player, you know, with Mahomes in Kansas City, he there are skins on the wall. He he can say what he wants, but a guy fresh out of college who hasn't done anything in the NFL to be dictating the NFL, what the team, what you're going to do. I, I do have a little bit of a problem with that. That that guy probably doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: Well, that's kind of your value as an asset, but again, you're traumatized in the other direction. I'm traumatized in this direction. Yeah, because I was watching that game live and. Oh my God!
0: It's the lesson here. I think we can wrap it up with this: is never root for the Bengals.
2: No, you, no, that no, never
0: you, never. you got what you deserved. If you were watching a Bengals game and rooting for Cincinnati, and I'll say this to someone who's actually kind of high on the city of Cincinnati, it's not that bad. But uh, yeah, you got what you deserve. The Bengals will break your heart, and that's
2: what I'm saying. That's why he should have. He should have L Wade. No. I know it's our guy, but I can't, no, I can't, I can't, I can't stand by. I, it's uh, like when, if look, unless, you know, he, if he pans out and is the, the Bengals franchise guy, I'm going to have to root for them, of course. But the second he's not playing a snap for the Bengals anymore, if he doesn't work out, I will actively root against them and watch every game to watch them lose. I, I will never hate a team more. Like I'll hate them more than I've ever hated Alabama, even after, like, even in like 2013, when that was at its worst.
0: Hey, look, I think the Bengals would just be happy someone's paying attention. So, ah, that's not. (laughs) a scam. Uh, And besides, the Bengals drafted drafted Charles Alexander, and he made the Super Bowl with them, and that was one of LSU's greatest running backs of all time. So the Bengals will always be at least slightly okay in my book, and also, uh, what's his face, offensive lineman forever, um, Whitworth? Yeah, Whit- you know yeah. Whitworth played with him forever. So
2: Bengals have been. If they ruin Burrow though, I expect nothing but absolute revolution from the LSU <laughs> fan base, and I will be disappointed if anything else happens. If they ruin Joe Burrow, our white knight character from the storybooks.
0: That I- would I- be. A- the thing is, he hasn't ruined it. It's the NFL. Who cares? I we, care. Joe Burrow has already happened For LSU fans, we already got the greatness. I know, he, but we ca- I care about him. And I care about his success. Yeah, and look, he's going to make millions upon millions of dollars, and that's all I truly care about for him. And so I want him to have that. But, like, if you're a Texas fan, I don't think it matters that Vince Young was a terrible pro. Vince Young was awesome, and you got to watch that. And who cares what happened after he graduated?
2: It wouldn't matter to me if Joe Burrow were simply bad. It matters that they drove him into a tree. (laughs) If he breaks down, fine. But, you know, on his own. I don't want you wrapping my Rolls Royce around a tree.
0: I'm just happy we have to drive the Rolls Royce.
2: I I guess. (laughs) But, like, and I am. All right. This was traumatic.
1: Well, you know, we we know what Max is going to be talking about around the thanksgiving table now
2: oh my god i'm i'm so i'm gonna go full vladimir Lenin. i really am (laughs) i'm saying that
0: workers of the world unite
1: and speaking of thanksgiving thanks to jacob hibbard we do have another listener question jacob's is straight up thanksgiving which is the week that we're recording this stuffing or dressing and what the hell is the difference between the two
2: I'm gonna sound like such a northerner, but I really <laughs> just love this is this is this is, again a terrible take, but I love the stuffing in a you know, the regular seasoned stuffing in a bag that my mom makes. It just kinda of like heats up. It's I, I just like it. I don't know. It's a God. degenerate take, I know. Look like,
0: look, I make stovetop all the time as like a side dish on the weekly basis kind of thing but you know, for a special meal make, make some stuffing um i think i'm not positive um correct me if i'm wrong once again no one should ever take my advice on cooking most of the time but stuffing is actually stuffed into the turkey and then is brought to the you know correct cooking temperature while dressing is is made as a basically as a casserole on the side and then put on top of the turkey afterwards is that what everyone else thinks is a distinction but they're both pretty much taste the same. It's bready. Um, there's oyster dressing, sometimes you know, it's delicious. You just who cares what it's called? It's great. Yeah Max, I like you. I don't want to
3: ever eat with you.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm not the one making it. so I, I'm a great eater. I'll, I will pretty much eat anything, but yeah, I get it.
0: I mean, I'm with you on like a week on like on a regular Tuesday night making some stovetop for the kids. I, I'm I'm down. Let's make it out of the bag. It's five minutes. It's on the table. No muss. No fuss. You got to. I got a job. I got to get I stuff mean, my mom table.
2: may dispute it because I actually don't really pay attention to how it's done. So, like, maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah.
0: But f- for like Thanksgiving, it. take it the long way. It's kind of a.
1: So Max's mom if you're listening, you feel free to, you know, write in and let us know where your son's wrong.
0: Yeah, where we 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 would definitely appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so back to football. Uh a listener wants to know, did Pellini start to make a case for keeping him on Saturday?
3: To no. do what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't yeah, think no. I ever want to see Bo Pellini's picture again. I like it, it, he needs to be banned from the eastern United States, like east yeah. of east of Texas.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, as as the person who defended our defensive game against Arkansas, um, having a decent defensive performance against Arkansas does not win you your job back after you've had horrific performances all season. So
2: yeah, no, your, no, your decent no. Decent performance is thir- like. Twelve yards per attempt to Felipe Franks. Get out of here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, l- let's not <laughs> also let's not overstate how good the performance was. Yeah, it, it was enough that I was like, hey, that was and that looked like a real defense, but it was still below average, and that was his best outing of the season. So, yeah, Arkansas yeah. got like seventy five percent of their yards on ten plays. Yeah, because they only ran like thirty plays. <laughs>
2: Uh, look again. It was a defensible performance, but you know what? do you, Like the fact that they looked like they knew what their assignments were for the first time is the benchmark. So no, he's yeah. done.
0: Yeah, like if this was your meet, medi- if this was your worst performance of the year, certainly you would keep him. If this was your mediocre performance, I'd even be like, all right, yeah, this was his best performance, and yeah. that's the right. concern,
2: right? And you all saw that that shot from the camera, and he was just yelling at the guys on the bench, and they were just looking off in the distance, like nice. they know they know what they know what's up.
0: God, if they, um, I'll believe when I see it, though.
2: Look, if they keep Bo Pelini, I hope the NCAA gives him the death penalty because they'll (laughs) deserve it.
0: Yeah, that's what they'll get the death penalty for. Keeping Bo Pelini. That is outrageous. It's pretty outrageous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've I've got a question for everyone since it is Thanksgiving week. uh, What's your favorite Thanksgiving tradition besides beating the hell out of Texas A&M? not a
2: Thanksgiving tradition. It's kind of new.
1: Well, it's it's a new, relatively new one.
2: Yeah, okay, that's fun. I kind of liked I liked Black Friday meth games against Arkansas. Those were fun. (laughs) God, those were the worst. I I don't think fun's fun's fun's
1: the word I would use for those either. No,
2: just Anthony Jennings game when we all thought he was the truth, and they ended up being the worst SEC quarterback in recent memory.
0: Yeah, no, that was. Okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, Look, the Jarvis Landry game was against Arkansas, where he just completely balled out. That was that game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was with Anthony Jennings. I mean, that's how good Jarvis Landry was. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He elevated (laughs) Anthony Jennings, yeah.
0: He made Anthony Jennings look great. Um, Look, there's been some classic Arkansas games, so I'll give him that, but, man, I remember – when I was in school, this is Chris and I's era. Is, I mean, it was two bad teams playing in cold weather the day after Thanksgiving, and no one wanted to be there. Just some awful football games. Well, totally. we were always ticked
1: off from the very from the get go that the SEC was trying to make this into a big time rivalry.
0: Yeah, they really forced it. I mean, you think they're yeah. doing it with AM. And LSU, Arkansas in the in the mid nineties? They tried so hard yeah. to turn into a rivalry. And the, thing, the thing with A and M,
1: though, there's at least some history behind it too. Right. I mean, yeah. going back to when LSU was a real military school, you know, there was, a, there still is, yeah. as far as I know, the constant warring between the two schools of who sent more officers to World War II. Yeah, you know, that that's the yeah. level of of pride that they had as military institutions at one at one time. So there is some history there of rivalry that that you can expound on with the football. But also there's a lot Arkansas, of engineering there. Where yeah. you
0: have, you know, when you're on the, the oil platform, right. you run into a petroleum engineer, he probably went to A and M or L S U. So right. it's
1: But yeah, when it comes to the Arkansas and the foot and football, yeah, that was completely one hundred percent made up out of thin air.
0: And, yeah, and the teams were bad. So it wasn't even like – it's one thing to make up, make up a rivalry between two really good teams that can happen sometimes. But when it was watching two teams play out the last game of their season when neither one of them was going to a bowl, oh, just miserable. So, yeah, now it's the, the tenor of the game has changed over the years because now it's LSU is an elite football program in Arkansas – Like, it's their Super Bowl, and that's really annoying. But at least I get it. There's kind of a dynamic there. Yeah, we're getting away from the question, which is what's our favorite Thanksgiving tradition. I think for me, it's mainly what uh, we all go to Grandma's house, and she invites everyone, like any person she's ever met. She'll have parties between, like, 50 and 60 people. And it is – I mean, there will be three turkeys, a ham – more side dishes than you could possibly count, like, you know, two dozen pies. It is so wonderful. And to not have that this year is really – it's really kind of tough. Uh, Like uh, Thanksgiving is bumming me out this year, and Thanksgiving tends to be my favorite holiday just because it's a holiday devoted to eating, and I'm a big fan of that. And eating pies. We are a pie website here. We are. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. miss my mom's chocolate pie this year. That's for sure.
2: I I don't know if we have any t- particular traditions, because uh, you know we always do Sunday dinner because all my extended family basically lives around here, so we do Sunday dinners anyway, like a, a normal Italian family. But we, you know, it's it's kind of like Sunday dinner, just you know, changing up the food. But I don't know, just the um, just the amount the of excessive food that we have and the leftovers for a week. I don't know. it. I really did like watching the, the local rivalry game, the look uh, between Darien high school and new Canaan high school, the Turkey bowl. They play every Thanksgiving. It's one of 900 Turkey bowls nationwide.
0: It was still um, awesome. Every one of them is great.
2: Right. And, and, and I love that game. Uh, I've, I've gone to it a bunch of times and it's not happening this year. For reasons that everybody, you know, COVID and everything. Uh, but that, I think that watching that at like 11 a.m., either there or on my computer in bed, is probably my favorite tradition. The uh, The New Canaan quarterback's the back of a Notre Dame now. He's, he was a four star last year. So, I mean, he was pretty good. That was fun.
3: Zach? Favorite Thanksgiving? It's got to be uh, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. Oh no, that's true. Classic. Which I believe they did the right thing, and they put it back on uh, uh, cable TV for the...
1: What's on PBS?
0: PBS. PBS, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good for PBS. That that was great. Uh, oh, man. Charlie Brown. Particularly if it starts with the old logo, the CBS special thing, doing a little spinny thing before it starts. Yep. That, that really mm-hmm. takes me back. They, yep. they They'll still do that when they put it on CBS, and I'm just like, ah. Oh. Kick it old school.
2: Yeah, that's, that's good stuff.
1: All right, so finally, Jacob Hibbert brings it home with, with O's age and what is coming out from USA Today, I've been reminded that O isn't going to be here forever. Given what we know of the coaching field, who would you like to see LSU bring in when O retires?
2: Who knows? It's, that's, we have no idea how anything like that is going to shake out.
0: Yeah, and also I think it, it depends on how why you're making the hire. I think it's a very different discussion who you hire if you're forcing him out because of Title IX violations or if he retired because he just, you know, went 11-0 again and just won an actual title and he can kind of pick a successor. So that's – I way want the t- <laughs> Yeah, of course you want the latter. But it's it's way too early to speculate. I do think how a university chooses a coach is kind of dependent on how the last one leaves a little bit. So –
2: yeah. That's a better that's a better question to ask in the spring when the investigation's complete and we know what's gonna happen. But
0: because look, if well, if like ethics aren't a concern, I think Lane Kiffin is a really good candidate.
2: Well we'll see how he does it all, miss.
0: But like, if you have just forced Ed Ogeron out, you know, for Title IX violations, you can't bring in Lane Kiffin.
2: Certainly can't bring in Hugh Freeze.
0: Well you're not bringing in Hugh Freeze under any circumstances, but but you see my point. You can't bring in a guy like like that there are other con- there are more off the field concerns
2: right so yeah this uh, is an option with a little bit of ignorance on you know if he has any issues in his background or anything but i don't know i don't know i know urban meyer's available but you can't do that if oh is o forced out due to title nine because what he did with yeah exactly
0: like you, you, yeah urban meyer you can't you, you can't touch on the 10-foot pole in that situation so right yeah. Oh, so I don't want Urban Meyer. God, that... I mean... Lane is fun, corrupt. Urban is kind of sketchy, corrupt. He'll win. Urban, with, is, Urban yeah. is win a bunch of football games, corrupt, though. He will, but, yeah. He'll ignore a lot of sketchy stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I, I really don't want to deal with that. Like, as as much as I really would love winning all those football games, I mean, I kind of think you can do that with O, so I would rather, you know, keep him... But if the, the investigation reveals significant wrongdoing, I mean... You put that first, of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, and then you. I think then the number one priority is bringing in, you know, straight arrow Genaro from uh, Unnecessary Roughness.
1: Yeah, you uh, get a. You get what a, a new, great movie.
0: See, I'm there for you. Uh, that becomes a much more important thing of bringing in a guy who has a reputation as a total, you know, straight arrow.
2: Nick Saban, let's get him.
0: Yeah, let's let's bring Nick Saban. That's how we. Yeah. Bring Nick Saban back. One more run. I know. I